Hey, Cracked fans. With the summer months just around the corner, we know all of you are beginning to think about how you can best maximize your chances to improve your game with the warm weather. Well, thankfully, we here at Cracked Rackets are so excited to tell all of you about the 254 Tennis Camp happening this summer at Baylor University. Now, over the course of three weeks in June, starting June 12th through the 16th and ending June 26th through the 30th, you'll have the opportunity to learn from from some of the best coaches in the business in an all-encompassing tennis experience. You'll have the opportunity to improve each and every part of your game, whether that be on the singles court, whether that be on the doubles court, through drilling, through point play, match play as well. You'll also, of course, receive a free t-shirt for participating in the camp, but also have the chance to see yourself broadcasted as our Crack Rackets team will be providing coverage of the final day each week at this 254 tennis camp. Again, you'll have the opportunity to learn from some of the best coaches in the business. I promise Coach Michael Woodson and the Baylor team going to make it an extraordinarily enjoyable time. How can you get signed up today? Well, you can learn more information by visiting the Baylor website by going to baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp. Again, that's baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp to sign up today. Now, this camp open to any and all entrants, but limited only by age, number, grade level, and or gender. Again, you can learn more about this camp by going to baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp today. Don't miss out, folks. Going to be three very exciting, fun weeks of tennis down at Baylor University. Be sure to sign up for the 254 Tennis Camp happening at Baylor today. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, April 27th. A quick note before we get to today's show. On Monday, I promised all of you listeners a two-mini-break podcast Monday to help play catch-up on the many storylines currently unfolding across levels in the tennis world. Of course, you look at just the past week alone. We had four tour-level events last week, two on the men's side, two on the women's side. Countless conference champions championships being played out across the country in the college tennis world. And then we had the biggest storyline of them all as Wimbledon made the announcement that they were banning both Russian and Belarusian players from the 2022 event following the Russian government's unprovoked aggression towards Ukraine. As such, I promised you two podcasts on Monday to help you sift through all of that information. Thought it was the least we could do here at Cracked Rackets to ensure you remain the most well-informed, best educated fans in the business. Unfortunately, We had some technical issues on our side, and we weren't able to get those two podcasts out to you on Monday. Now, we still did record an additional conversation to play catch up on all of the action. We broke down everything that happened in Stuttgart last week. Iga Sviantek, another title. She has clearly established herself as the world number one. How dominant can she be moving forward? That's something we discussed. We discussed a resurgent Arena Sabalenka, the continued rise of Carlos Alcaraz, and then, of course, Novak Djokovic's return to the court in Belgrade, a Potapova title in Istanbul. We did end up covering it all with our friend Tennis.com editorial producer David Kane, but we We moved that podcast over to the Great Shot podcast feed. So if you're looking for that second Monday mini break podcast episode, I promise to all of you listeners, you can now go find it over on the Great Shot podcast feed. Of course, David and I also discussed everything regarding Wimbledon's decision on Monday on this podcast feed. But again, I know we promised you a two mini break podcast Monday. I apologize. We didn't deliver. We did end up having that second conversation. You can now go find it over on the Great Shot podcast cast feet. Now, with all of that said, we've got a two-mini break Wednesday planned for all of you listeners today as we were able to have some fantastic conversations that we're ready to share with all of you here on this podcast. One of them on this episode as I had the chance to speak with Baylor men's tennis head coach, friend of the program, Michael Woodson, to discuss his team's capturing of the 2022 Big 12 uh, Conference Championship. Of course, Baylor goes on the road to TCU. They beat Texas. They beat TCU for the second 
second time in Fort Worth this season. They're now 26-3 and three overall on the year, number three in the latest iteration of the ITA rankings. And last year's national indoor finalists and NCAA finalists seem to be finding their stride once again as we head towards postseason play. And I wanted to chat to Coach Woodson about the mechanics of this team finding their stride, talking about Adrian Boyton's rise this season. Is he the guy in men's college tennis? No better person to ask than head coach Michael Woodson. Of course, we talk about the rise of some of the other players on Baylor's roster as well, whether it be Teddy Paralek, Juan Pablo Mizzucci, all the different guys, the double success they've had down the season's home stretch as well. And then most importantly, wanted to talk to Coach Woodson about the 2-5-4 tennis camp he and the Baylor program are hosting uh, at Baylor University here this summer. And uh, again, for Coach Woodson, Coach Goldoff, uh, of course, the women's coaches as well, all of them going to get on court, going to work with players in the Baylor community. It's something we are so excited to be partnering with here at Crack Dragons because I think countless of listeners probably had this experience as well. Some sort of tennis camp they played in the summer where, you know, they formed some of the formative relationships of their lives or where their love for the game truly flourishes in these summer opportunities when you're just fully ensconced in all things tennis. That's the sort of opportunity provided by the 254 Tennis Camp at Baylor. I wanted to talk to Coach Woodson about that camp, what people who participate in it can expect throughout the three weeks coming up uh, this June. But again, a fantastic conversation with Coach Woodson for all of you listeners. That's mini break number one on the day. Of course, we'll come back later on tonight to talk about all the action unfolding, whether it be in Estral, in Munich, all over, of course, the tennis world. So a two-mini break Wednesday for all of you listeners. Of course, the reason we're able to do this day in, day out, provide this sort of coverage here at Cracked Rackets. It's because of the support we get from all of you, because of the support we get from our Patreon family, and of course because of the support we get from our friends over at Tennis Point. You all know the deal. For the latest and greatest equipment at the best prices, go to tennis-point.com today. Of course, while you're there, use our promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off all sale items, free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. That's tennis-point, symbol not the spelling, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With all of that set, let's get Get to it, my conversation with a returning champion here on our Cracked Racket shows. It's Baylor men's tennis head coach, Michael Woodson. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion here to our Crack Racket shows, a man you know best as the head coach of the Big 12 Men's Conference Tournament winning team. Of course, a man I know best as Michael Woodson. Welcome back to the show, Coach. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Alex. Uh, it is always a pleasure to have you, and it's becoming an annual tradition, right? I think this is three straight conference tournaments for the Baylor Bears. You guys win back in 2019. You captured the title last year. Now this season as well. I want, let's get into it right away. Again, you get your second victory over TCU. You're 2-1 against them now overall on the season in the final. Good win over Texas in the semifinals as well. How are you and the guys feeling headed into postseason play? Yeah, we feel good. Uh, you know, it's we're very fortunate to be in in what I think is the the best overall conference, um, and to to be able to play teams like Texas and TCU, you know, so often uh, really helps us be prepared, um, you know, for postseason play. And uh, you know, we we obviously split two really good matches with TCU in the regular season, and then you know, leading up into the tournament play, thought we're going to be tested, um, but we felt like we have the pieces to be able to do it. Obviously, it's anybody's match at at that level, and and even going back to Texas, I mean, I heard you mentioning yesterday on the the women's pod it's it's nearly impossible to beat a team three times that was a big focus of ours against texas was you know that last year the third time they beat us uh and and this year we we didn't want that to happen and honestly they were in a really good position against us i mean that's a that that is as talented of a roster as there is in college tennis and they came to play and we were fortunate to sneak the doubles point it wasn't looking good uh in singles for for a lot of the way but uh, i thought we competed really 
well under pressure at the end. And, and it was exactly what we needed to set us up well, I thought, for, for the end of the TCU match. Yeah, and certainly with the victory, you have solidified. Not that it was in doubt, but you will certainly be a top eight seed for the NCAA tournament, meaning you get those first three matches of the event at home. I am curious, looking at your team, looking at the numbers throughout the course of the season, you guys are 26-3 and three overall on the year. Obviously, that's pretty good, uh, a surface-level number. Looking at the three losses, though, in all three of them, you guys dropped the doubles point. And, the, you know, I think plenty of teams, you look at what they've done with their doubles combinations throughout the year. There's been a lot of playing around. That has not been the case for you guys down at Baylor. For the majority of the big matches, not to say that you haven't played other double teams here and there, but you look at the records overall for the guys. Sven Law, Finn Bass, 14-6 and six overall in the year, but they've played more than 20 matches together. And, you know, Mizuchi and Soto, 19-5, and five, and Adrian and Teddy, 12-4. and four. You've stuck with your teams in the big matches. What led to that decision this season you know we we started tinkering with it in the fall I felt like last year during COVID we didn't have opportunity to put some of our guys together and so we were it really wasn't until the middle of March into March where we got it right uh, we had it we had a lot of doubles players great options that we just couldn't find the right combos until the end kind of and it clicked uh, this year we felt like the chemistry was was right with Wampy and Matias right away. Uh, we felt like Sven and Finn were were great compliments for each other uh, in their styles and and the the way that they will have success together. And it's taken time. Um, you know, they had some success in the fall, but we always felt like there was opportunity for more. And really, uh, it's taken a while for them to hit their stride competitively uh, and really understand how to play together. Uh, but it you know, they certainly peaked at the right time. This past weekend was phenomenal tennis from both of them together, um, beating two of the best teams in the country. And then, uh, you know, Adrian and Teddy, I, I, we felt like if we can, if we can put a hammer with Teddy, he's so skilled, um, you know, that, that he can, compliment Adrian well and Adrian can can kind of take over uh you know on court three and and it's really worked out well I, I know we've had some interesting doubles results early on in the year and uh it's definitely took time but we feel like we saw it from the beginning that these are our best three options and it's come to fruition. And I would say that's a lot of credit to the guys and, and to Isaac and George putting in the time working with each of these teams. Um, they know how important the doubles point is because it's going to be hard to get to four with us if we win the doubles. Yeah. And even in the doubles points, you lost two, seven, five sets. And one of them, you had the four match points against Michigan. You ultimately dropped that set in a breaker. Notice how I snuck that in, in the first five minutes, you knew it was coming. Um, and no, it was coming. It was yeah. Coming. Look, it was a win-win because if you guys win, I'm not going to feel bad about it, but I mean, we know what the result was. We don't have to get into that now. Don't worry. I don't want you to punch me. No, no. It was good, it was good for us. We, yeah. we needed that. It, no. We've been way better since then. Zoom's added a slap in the face function, and I don't want you to be the first to use it. But, you know, you talk about Teddy. And I th obviously, you look at this past weekend, he's your conference tournament MVP. And, you know, he gets wins in, on the doubles court, singles court as well. And for him to go back to TCU and have that sort of performance, obviously, one can imagine what it meant to him. But you look for Teddy now, 13-2. and two overall on the season and, you know, eight and one in his last 10 matches. It took a second. And I know at, you know, at the beginning of the year, he wasn't directly in the singles lineup. Some of that had to do with injuries and him working his way into form. What clicked for him in March and what has he been, you know, what worked so well for him this past weekend? Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I do think uh, a lot of it had to do with him just getting the the time back on court. You know, he had so much success in the fall uh, that he ended up playing probably too much, um, you know, which was a good problem to have. But but starting at the end of October, beginning of November, his shoulder was bothering him and he, he didn't hit a ball. He didn't hit a forehand until middle of January. Uh, you know, so that's a long, that was a long time. And, and I would say he came back and he was in good form right away, but it, he's capable of a lot. And uh, we're, we've just been seeing it, you know, he's, he's done a great job with his rehab. He's done a great job, you know, and the staff has, has been working really well with him to, to give him the time and the reps that he needs on and off the court. And, 
just over the last few weeks, we just keep watching and thinking, man, the guy is in form. Like he is hitting the ball clean. He is confident. He's growing in with his mentality. He's understanding how to control his body language and his energy and uh, really construct aggressive points. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I've seen is when he's playing his best tennis, we know that he can have an incredibly high shot tolerance, but, but he's attacking and finishing at the net. Uh, he's serving big. He's going, he's using the serve plus one forehand uh, to get on top of his opponents and, and not just being super solid, which is what separates him from a lot of guys at, at that position in the lineup. Um, and I thought he was able to do that against two of the best number fives in the country. I know Chi Chi's been in and out of the lineup, but we have, I mean, unbelievably high level of respect for him and his game. And, uh, you know, Viva is one of the best freshmen in the freshman in the country. So uh, for him to come out and execute under pressure like that in that environment with all of the storylines that are going on was in- incredible. I mean, you can't, I don't think you can write a better story. I do. This is a nerdy question. I feel like when I look at him and Adrian, and you mentioned the combination of skills they bring to the table at that number three doubles spot, I feel like it's the Teddy service game is the game I'm most concerned about with regardless of who they're playing because Teddy's going to make a bunch of returns. Adrian gets to go big. They're pretty solid in return games. Adrian serving also gets Teddy at the net. And that combination, like, again, it's a lot of plus one tennis. I feel like I could do a decent job, but you have Teddy's hands. You feel like that's a hold. When I look at the doubles teams, again, Mizuchi and Soto, so complete. I think the same with Finn and Sven. When you look at your doubles point going into May, like, is it those little things that you guys are working on over the course of these next two weeks? It's like, all right, we need to get Teddy's service game where it needs to be. Or like, you know, again, we need Mizuchi working on the ad side because we've noticed something. What are the things you're doing in this next week and a half? Yeah, I mean, honestly, those have been our our focuses for... For several weeks, Um, you know, Teddy's serve game has to do with how confident he can be at the back or serving and volleying and how confident is Adrian moving around the net. I mean, he I almost don't recognize Adrian at the net uh, the way that he was able to move and they actually had an easier time holding than Adrian did uh, last this past weekend. And, you know, those are there are little details, you know, when guys return cross. okay, where are they going to go with that first ball? How much is Adrian or Teddy going to pinch? Do we need to take the first ball down the line? Um, you know, just getting them comfortable so that under pressure, they know the best plays for them. Uh, those are the things that we're working on with, with both, the, with all three teams, really. And, you know, I think some people thought we were nuts for playing matches <laughs> in the middle of last week. Well, we had some guys that wanted to work on new patterns, um, both in doubles and in singles. And, you know, it, it gets some other guys involved to make sure that they're ready in case we have somebody go down. And, and then we were able to work out some things. I mean, Finn Sven played both of those matches and and look how they did this past weekend. You know, they tried things that they aren't comfortable trying in matches against TCU or Texas. They need to have already had the live reps and it's just not the same in practice, you know? Um, so yes, I think that's a huge deal uh, for us. We all know that all the players know that and it's their desire to play additional doubles. You know, that's not always the case. A lot of these guys love singles and um, you know, for them to want to come together and work on their doubles day in and day out because they know that's going to give us the best chance at the end is uh, is awesome to see. Yeah. You know, I had a very silly conversation yesterday with Chris, Matt, John, as we are prone to do in our Cracked Rackets group chat about Adrian and just, you know, the it's a very stupid category, but the presence of the guy who is the guy in college tennis. And you look over the past, you know, decade, I think, prominent examples, obviously Will was the guy for UNC and through sheer power of Will in pun intended, um, they were able to capture the National Indoor Championship last year, and you just felt like he could coax an effort, excuse me, out of guys that you just, again, that's what that sort of special transcendent talents can do. I think back to Petros on that 2018 and 2019 Wake teams where, again, sheer force of will. I was at the 2019 National Indoors where he looked at Melios Estafalu and said, hey, we're winning, and this is how it's going to work, okay? And Melios was like, all right, that works for me. And again, sheer force of will. You look at what Adrian has done this season on paper again 17 and 1 overall at the number 1 single spot his first loss comes this weekend he's obviously been a huge jump this year at the number 3 double spot 
is he a the guy? Like, is he has he made that elevation this year into that transcendent category where just, you know, again, you feel like we have the best player on the court in every match we play? And does he need to be that guy for you guys to win this win it all come May? You know, I, I think if you asked the guys in the locker room, he was the guy last year. Um, It was just not as clean. Um, You know, he was still growing in his understanding of, of his best tennis and, and that sometimes less is more, Uh, you know, he was fighting the right emotional um, level to, to be able to bring it point in and point out, but that we always knew if it came down to him, we were going to win. I mean, if you saw some, like he won seven, five in the third, seven, six in the third, uh, an uncanny amount of times last year that that's not by accident. You get to that point and the guys are that close and level, then it's, they're going to go 50, 50. Um, he won almost all of them. And it, it's, it was happening again at the beginning of this year. And, you know, he, he will cite his Davis cup experience against Batista good and how he got exposed by him and understood weight. It, it doesn't have to be this hard. I don't have to do anything super special. And when he came back, I mean, he played Murphy case on, um, and he was, jet lagged and tired, the body hurt, didn't want to play. We lost the doubles point and he tuned him. Uh, and it was, it, he didn't do anything, but just be solid. And that guy's had an unbelievable freshman year. One of the best, maybe the best freshman in the country. Um, and you know, he went out and he beat Zverts in altitude, which is a tough thing for him again, not feeling good two and two. And we thought, Holy crap, this is a different guy than left to go to Spain two weeks ago. Um, and he's, he's continued to do the same thing. And, and so I definitely think he's the guy. I think his presence is unbelievable on the, on the college tennis court. I mean, he puts butts in seats. People want to watch him compete, whether you're a Baylor fan or not. It's just, you know, it's, it's good television. And, uh, you know, that being said, I think that we've all been waiting for the opportunity to have the other guys put him on their back and carry him to a title. And this is the first time in four years that 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 has happened, uh, where we have not needed him to get it done. Um, and certainly he came up, him and Teddy came up big on te- against Texas to get the doubles point. And he was up a break against Elliott. It, you know, having him out there, he's probably he's in a good position to win there. Uh, obviously, anybody's match at that point, but he was in a good position. But he didn't get it done against TCU um, and it was totally fine. And I thought that that was really special to see. And I think it was good for him as well to where it, it will that will serve him well as we get into the NCAA tournament. We know he's going to be a great competitor, but he doesn't need any more pressure thinking he has to win. Mm-hmm. And I think all the guys showed that we can beat the best team in the country uh, if we don't get his point. So it's going to be okay. Um, So to answer your question, yes, he's definitely the guy. Uh, Everybody rallies behind him. And and there's something to be said for walking out with the best player in the country or the best player on the match court that day, which is probably going to be him every time we play. Um, At least that's what I believe. And, uh, And then, but to know that at the end of the day, we have, eight other positions or seven other positions that can get it done uh, is is a good feeling. Yeah, no, I think back to the Tennessee match at the National Indoors where Adam Walton has nine out of 10 categories checked off to be a, the guy. He is a big match player for sure. And that's a point Tennessee knows he may not win, but he's getting that third set. But Adrian, the performance he put together in that semifinal, that's what the guy does in that sort of stage to beat him in straight sets. And it does feel like, Coming into May, he's a guy you circle. I think Ben Shelton's a guy you circle over at Florida. You know, when Famba plays well, he can do all these things. And whether it's Kingsley or Votzel, whoever you want to circle, Ohio State, there are all these different players in the mix. And it does feel like Adrian is, you know, on any list you have, he's going to be on it, certainly, in that mix. And so it's fascinating to see his level uh, going into May. It's also, you know, again, for the guys like Mati and Sven, who have been here before, and by no stretch of the imagination have they had bad seasons, but I'm sure if you go to them and say, hey, you know, Sven, you're 15 and 6 in dual match play, Monty, you're 13 and 8, they'd say, ah, you know, there were a couple we left on the table there. Uh, obviously, both guys and come through clutch uh, over the course of this past weekend. You know, again, looking at those two, it's their final hurrah. How are they feeling headed into May? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that they're feeling good now, and and they've put their they've put their heads down and they've worked, you know. And I think Spen's been much improved from last year, uh, and some of that had I think initially put pressure on him because he was playing way better. Uh, so he felt like last year he could wasn't playing well, could go out and battle. This year he's like, well, I'm playing well, so I should go out and play well. And if he didn't, it was frustrating. Uh, and he's he's found that. Uh, that con that middle ground of I'm still going to battle. I, I, I may have my stuff today. If I don't, it's okay. I can still win. Uh, I'm skilled enough to figure out a way to be competitive. And, and yeah, Matias is, you know, Matias has had, I, I can't think of a time where he had a really bad loss, but he's had losses. I mean, he's played a lot of really good players. Um, every time we've really needed him, he's won. Um, and if, it, you know, it's with the exception of maybe TCU at home, um, you know, where those guys went down, but uh, I felt like they're, they're starting to, to figure it out. And Matias found the energy, the, the focus, the drive that that he needed to to get it done in the biggest situation you know we didn't necessarily need him against texas he didn't get it done um but you know we we had a long talk with the team the night before and everybody reinforced hey man like you're going to be amazing tomorrow exactly when we need you and sure enough he was i mean nobody will ever see what happened uh, at the indoor facility but he missed one shot in the set it was a backhand in the final game he lost one point on his serve and Sven was six games ahead of him uh, when they started and Monty finished first. It was an incredible display really from both of them because Sven was up five, one in the breaker, um, you know, and, and those were guys that played the same opponents the last time we played and they both lost at home. Uh, so to go into that difficult setting of being in a, fast, dark indoor court that's tight that we're not used to and putting on the display that they did was will serve them extremely well uh, come tournament time. Yeah. And, you know, they've got so much experience, like you got to feel good about those guys. Absolutely. And, you know, with that in mind, you talk about their experience. And by the way, I don't mean to disrespect Wampy and Finn, who have been excellent this season as well. There's a bunch of people who have contributed. But, you know, I do want to talk about you because, it doesn't feel like it perhaps to us here at Cracked Rackets. It's year number two for you as a head coach here at Baylor. And obviously last season, national indoor finalist, conference tournament championship, NCAA finalist. You got to experience a lot of things. Are, are there any differences in your approach? I mean, I'm sure there are, but what are the biggest differences in the way you're approaching this home stretch? Have you changed things from the way you guys are training or whatever it may be to try and peak maybe differently than you did last season? Um, you know, I, I think we, we try not to focus too much on, uh, it being any different than any other match. We talk about our previous experiences as a group and, you know, try to highlight the things that went well, or maybe some, some areas, you know, to improve for us. We really just pay attention to what each particular guy needs and, and focus on that, those things, uh, every single day, you know, Monday morning, we had a meeting. Okay. What does Wampy need? Okay. What does Mati need? Finn all the way down, you know, Ethan, Chris, you know, from top to bottom of the roster. And, um, you know, I think that that allows us to stay focused and not get distracted too much by the, the success or the failures. Um, there's, they're going to come and, and go. And uh, if we rest too much on our laurels, we're not going to have the, the opportunity to succeed down the line. Um, so for me, I, I mean, I think we, we certainly enjoyed a lot of success last year, but, and we'll use the experiences to our advantage, um, but it's a different team. And so we have to, you know, kind of treat them uh, as such. Would you trade one of your wins at Fort Worth this season for a win at it at home over TCU, would you be like, ah, we'll trade the regular season results? I mean, it certainly didn't help us that we beat them on the road and it wasn't a conference <laughs> match. Yeah. Uh, and then we, and then we lost at home and then we lost the regular season. Uh, yeah. you know, that, that begs the question, should we be playing everybody twice in conference because it's a smaller conference? Uh, but that's a, that's not what you asked. Well, is uh, that, well, no, but I like that question better. Is that something you guys would consider? Yes. 
I, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, the other coaches in the conference know that I feel that way. So yeah. it's not, a, it's not a secret. I mean, I, I think the fans, the players, everybody wants a race. I, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I think you can get, I don't want to be the SEC where you're hamstrung into playing 15 matches and the whole season's gone, just playing in the conference. I mean, that's crazy, but um, you know, I, I think a, a 10 match conference season is reasonable, uh, similar to the women's side of the big 12. So I think that's something that should be considered down the road probably once we get rid of Texas and Oklahoma and bring in UCF and BYU, then maybe we consider something like that, but that's, uh, we'll see. Uh, that being said, I mean, I think, it, you know, in a vacuum, I'd probably trade the, the, <laughs> the first two matches, switch those, uh, that would benefit us, you know, just from being regular season champions. But honestly, I think it set us up, um, really well for the last match because it, it, like you talked about last night with the women, I mean, it's hard to come back after you've beaten a team and beat them again. It just isn't easy. So the fuel that we had from losing, to TCU at home and seeing them win the regular season uh, gave us what we needed. I think in those toughest moments that there's just that little bit more of an edge that we had. We just wanted it a little bit more. I I mean, to be honest, I I felt like Carlos wanted it really, really bad here in Waco. Um, He, and, and I think it helped him, Um, you know, where we went indoors and there was so much that had happened in this match between Matias and, and Carlos that, you know, I watched the first point. Mati goes double fist pump, screaming at his teammates. I'm like, it's over. I mean, love 15 for, you know, there's no way he's going to lose this match. Uh, and, and that's the type of fuel that we need to, to have success in those tough moments. Talk to me about Scotty B and the crew that traveled up to TCU because it did look like you guys had a nice trip. I mean, I, I've seen some of the crowds you guys have had this year, and obviously I think Waco's always had a strong tennis community. The NCAA tournament has been held there before. That's a testament to, you know, again, the strength of Baylor tennis. That said, I mean, the crowds this year have been something else. No, I've been incredibly impressed uh, and so appreciative of the fans and the support. Um, you know, it, it, we are so when we play like Texas or A&M or they're just they're cranking out alums left, right and center. And, you know, we're just a lot smaller of a school. Same with TCU. So uh, it's not it, it, it's hard to compete numbers wise. So when we played Texas uh, on Saturday up in Fort Worth, there were a lot of Texas fans, but I was really impressed with how many Baylor fans there were and and when we were up a break on all three courts at the end of the match I mean the the chant you know Baylor Bears was was deafening um and that was really special I was I was like gosh this is Sven broke for 5-4 and I was on the court with him and I'm like man this is nuts I mean I've never heard I've never felt anything like this and then the next day um you know I mean TCU draws really well and so, you know, it was a, it was a great crowd from them. But but again, we, we had a lot of uh, Dallas Fort Worth area fans, people that have driven up from Waco that that really do an unbelievable job supporting our team. And the cool part is, one, they feel part of it and they are part of it. And two, they know they can make a difference in the match and help our guys. They, our guys want to play in front of, of fans that are into it, that support them. And when it rained, we lost a lot of fans. But our fans stayed and and some TCU fans as well. I mean, maybe it was 50, 50. I'm not sure when we went in there, but as the match wore on, it it was dead. I mean, green wall is still ringing in my ears. It was deafening what was happening in that facility. Uh, It felt like we were playing at home in our football stadium, you know, like it was nuts. Um, And so those those fans, I mean, they, they do it for us. I mean, they're the ones that, that play off of the guys on and off the court so well that give us that advantage. I mean, it's, yeah, it's really special. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I've said my theory before. Give me 15 rowdy tennis fans over a big house full of football fans because those 15, you hear each and every one of them and everything they say uh, stings. What was the best home crowd this year? I saw some good ones. I feel like Texas at home was particularly rowdy. 
Virginia was the biggest crowd. I mean, indoors, like we've yeah. had some really good crowds outside too. Um, but the you indoors know, you feel just that the, the indoors, they're just stacked like sardines <laughs> in there on top of each other. And they're leaning over the court. Virginia was the biggest crowd, but I thought the Texas match was the loudest. Uh, I mean, when Adrian and Teddy won the first point at three doubles and I thought a sock, I mean, we were in, you know, in, in London and a goal had just been scored. I mean, it was like, Oh, Whoa, what just happened? I mean, that, it's crazy. Uh, so I would say that was probably the best uh, home crowd we've had. I mean, we've had some some special um, some special results. And, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. They make a huge difference. Yeah, and obviously it helps when you're providing them with victories. And, again, 26-3 and three overall. You're going to be top eight coming into this NCAA tournament. And sifting through the top eight, after that it doesn't really matter because, like, all these teams are in the mix. But getting those first three matches at home obviously help. And you'll get to give three more matches to this Baylor tennis community. But, obviously, that's not all uh, that's coming up for the Baylor tennis community. And that was one of the other reasons we wanted to have you on the show today is to talk about some of the other uh, very, in my opinion, impressive and fun things you guys do on the Baylor campus to engage the tennis community. And obviously one of the big things you guys have have happening at Baylor University this summer is the 254 Tennis Camp, which uh, is going to be three weeks. I believe it starts uh, that second week in June, June 12th to the 16th, carries all the way through June 26th to the 30th. Talk to me about these summer camps, what's going to be available this summer. Yeah, we're really excited to get back to some normalcy with with summer camps. You know, I I I, I my passion and love for uh, tennis really stems from my experiences going to summer camp as a kid. You know, and uh, going to NC State, Carolina, Wake Forest tennis camps. I mean, I I Jeff Zinn and I are very close, and he's the Penn State coach now, and. I mean, he still mentors me. He stayed in the dorms when I was at Wake Tennis Camp back in the day. And, uh, you know, the, a lot of my passion stems from that. And so it's just such a wonderful experience. And I think uh, to me that that the, the coaches make the biggest difference, how invested we are in the camp. Uh, and and that's why the kids come to camp is, is for us to spend time with us and to spend time with the players and to learn from, learn from us. And I don't know how much knowledge I have to give, but I am all in with trying <laughs> to help these kids get better. And, you know, Joe, Joey and his staff have, um, you know, have always done a great job with camp. So we're really excited to, to work with them and have our staff and their staff come together to give these, um, you know, these up and coming tennis players, a great experience. And, you know, we, it, it's not, nice to be able to have it's it's warm in texas in june and to have the indoor uh climate control to be able to play in there and and to do utr verified matches to turn the play site on and record matches for them um you know have the having a five to one camper to to coach ratio is i think as good as it gets um you know maybe maybe almost too much individual attention for these kids and um you know and then uh just the experience of, of them being together throughout the week um we've all we've got a lot of experience in camp and you know i feel like for me it's it's about giving them back the experience that i had as a child um you know and i think we all feel the same way that uh, it's a special time and it's one of the most fun times of the year, you know, for, for us as coaches. I feel like this is where George thrives. Like I, I feel like <laughs> he'll be very good at the two, five, four camps, like the energy he'll bring day in, day out. Incredible energy for sure. Uh, yeah, it's just, we're all just trying to keep up with him. No, absolutely. And again, you talk about it on campus housing. And, you know, I had the experience to do one of these when I was younger, or maybe a couple of them, and they were at Michigan State at the time. And I tell that to Harry Jaden, who now the Michigan State assistant coach, who's like two, he's my older brother's age. So he was there as a camper when I was there to, as a camper. And he was very good uh, compared to, I always remember like, do you remember me? And I was like, we were on a team together, like no memory of it. He's like, nothing. I was like, oh, it's okay. You were more memorable than I was. But you talk about those four experiences and again it's staying in the dorms and having the dining experiences of being you know just a, a week on a college campus and uh, talk to me though about the programming talk to me about the tennis they're going to be playing because if I remember correctly it is a lot of tennis in, in the best way possible it's a lot of tennis. You know, we, we try the first day we, we get the kids out there and we just have them, you know, go through a little bit of everything, do an evaluation from our end to make sure they're getting matched up with the right coaches, with the right uh, players that are of a similar level. Um, you know, and then we, 
moving on each morning will have a, a focus, uh, whether it's forehand, backhands, um, you know, we'll do a serving and returning day. We'll do, um, you know, some attack and finish with different patterns of play, some doubles focus. And so we'll do, um, we'll have some demonstration and then we'll break off into different courts and do rotations where we're working on some different things where they get that attention um, in each area of their game. Um, and then, you know, typically in the afternoons, we'll, we'll have some more fun games and, and some competition. So we put them into different teams that they'll be in throughout the week where they can compete uh, with kids of similar levels within a team setting, uh, which we always, uh, I think is, is a lot of fun, you know, keep it, keep it fresh, keep it competitive and uh, make sure that they're getting a lot of tennis because that's what they're signing up for, but not so much that they're not able to enjoy it. So we have to keep it fun and interesting and, um, and fresh and, and listening to the kids too, making sure that we deliver on the areas that they want, because, you know, they got, some of them want to get better. Some of them want to come in and have a great time and, uh, hopefully we can deliver on both. And, you know, in the evenings we've got, you know, we've got lots of different activities that we do, whether it's going to the pool or going to the uh, student union building and bowling and, and watching a movie here at the herd. Uh, we've got lots of, of different things that we do for the overnight kids. That's, that's a lot of fun. It uh, does sound like fun. And I, I mean, I always remember the like 11 p uh, 11 AM fitness session. I feel like that was a staple <laughs> at Michigan. It's like, we're going to the track and it's like, all right, that sounds horrible. Um, but, but, you know, again, the, the older you get, the more you're like, God, if I could just give one week where all I'm thinking about is six, like six hours of tennis a day and all the fitness. And then, yeah, you go into the pool full cramp like that. That's, <laughs> that's half the experience. Um, it sounds, again, very, very enjoyable. And it, uh, and I know I mentioned this earlier. It's three weeks in June, right? It starts that second week of June. Yes. Yep. Three weeks in June. And, uh, you know, it's it, it, it's enough uh, different. It's enough different tennis and different kids and and different coaches that we really you know are able to get. We'll have a lot of kids that come to two or three weeks of camp, uh, and we can support that. You know, and and that's a lot of fun for us because we can uh, we can work specifically with them and build those relationships to where we feel like we can make a difference. And and that's something that I think there's a stigma. Oh, you come for one week at camp. You know, no, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, we really like it when kids come back and we we do discounts for multiple weeks and uh so it's it's and then year over year i mean we love having the kids come back and knowing they become you know whether it's baylor tennis players or baylor students um camp camp counselors down the line uh it's just a it's a family here uh we really enjoy it and and we're excited to partner with you guys this year and uh get you get you on the call and and get these kids uh you know feeling like you know college tennis players because we want to we want to inspire them to to play at the next level. I think that's, you know, that did it for me. And, and I want to be able to, to deliver for these kids because there's this place for everyone. Yeah. I, for what it's worth, it inspired me as well. I just wasn't good enough. Uh, but that was, that was a me problem, not a camp problem. Uh, yeah, no, we're so excited here at Crack Rackets to participate in these camps because again, this is, and you mentioned this earlier, I would echo this as well. This is where the love of the game forms. And this is where, you know, I can think of some of the friendships I made in those camps and playing over the years. There's, you know, a kid who is two years younger than me who I like bad I was like you're coming to Michigan we're gonna play club tennis together we're gonna have an opportunity at some point in our lives to play together because we went to different high schools and like we did and we're lifelong friends now and those are the sort of relationships you start at a tennis camp and um, again players are gonna have that opportunity at Baylor and yeah we're really excited to get on the broadcast I will say team competition at the end so are you guys gonna I remember again I'm going off my own experience there was a big draft they did a big board they had it all by level and they drafted and they said here's team A team B team C team D we think in draft is that what we're gonna do you know, we, we've tried a whole lot of different things uh, and, and kind of open to to the feeling of the, the camp staff that yeah, sure. um, that we're still working on. But, you know, I I, I appreciated dra having captains and having the captain's draft, uh, you know, depending on the numbers, it's going to be a lot, uh, hopefully about 100 each week uh, where we can. Yeah, if we can if we can have the intimacy that we need to to get the actual draft uh, 
then it will be good. Otherwise, we're going to have to to separate them into teams on our own. Um, but it, it is fun to be able to go through that experience and getting your team and, and a team name and uh, a team cheer and all that stuff is is really an exciting time uh, where where the kids and and the coaches bond together. Uh, yep. I mean, I remember my experiences from that well. Yeah, coach draft. And I would go with George or Daniela. Like, I'm telling you, those are the teams that are going to be hungriest. And so, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be the last pick for sure. <laughs> so I, I, I'll be ready for that. Yeah, that'll be good. But again, it, it's a fun experience. And you mentioned it. it. It's usually, what, five to one camper to counselor ratio. And so yeah. everyone is going to get their individual work. And I, as you mentioned, it's going to be it's not just singles play. It's not just, hey, we're feeding to you the whole time. Everyone's going to get a mix of everything yes no we we want to make sure that the the kids get better i mean the the evaluation forms um rival what we do with our own players uh at the end of the week so making sure that that they're getting consistent feedback that they you know are, are getting their money's worth you know we want to make sure that they come in here and it's it's not just uh you know babysitting like the, these kids are coming here because they love the game they want to improve they want to have exposure to other kids of their level um kids that are better than them and you know great coaching uh so you know that's why we we bring in the best coaches that we can and uh you know we're very involved as as a men's and women's tennis staff here and uh want to give these kids the opportunity to improve um you know throughout the week and the individual attention is how we run our tennis program so we want to do that with camp as well yeah I, all i ask because i know there are camper evaluations can i write up the evaluations for some of the kids at the end it's like the ones you like let me do the joke evaluation for because I'll get them on the play site feed and we're going to have the chance to broadcast everyone and that's something I know I would be extraordinarily excited about as well because any kid any kid who's playing tennis growing up you want to see what you look like you want to see how you're competing how you're performing and I know we here at Crack Rackets are really excited to be able to provide all the people participating in this camp with that opportunity but yeah like give me like four joke evaluations just to throw in like into the mix Careful what you wish for. You're absolutely, <laughs> you're welcome to do the evaluations and I'll just, you know, fix them when you're done. Yeah, exactly. Well, my spelling will be, look, I can spell. Well, you're looking at a second grade Detroit Country Day spelling champion. Uh, but uh, yeah, the penmanship, atrocious. Uh, but who, who writes anything anyways? Uh, no, again, and just to give the dates one more time, June 12th through the 16th, June 19th through the 23rd, June 26th through the 30th. How can people sign up for these camps? Yeah, we have a, you know, a, a link through active um, that's on our Baylor tennis camp website. You can find it through our Baylor, you know, Baylor University tennis uh, page as well. Uh, it's out on all of our social media. It's out on your social media. Uh, it's out, you know, all, all of our personal accounts as well. So uh, it's, it should be easy to get in touch um, and, and find a way to sign up if um, if, you know, if you need to contact us directly please feel free. We, you know, we want to make sure everybody has a, an easy time signing up. Uh, all, Jackie is, has been doing this for 15 years um, and she's the best of the business, as we all know, uh, that she'll take care of any questions we have um, as well to make sure it's a great experience. Yeah, no, again, looking forward to participate. And I believe I have the URL for everyone, baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp. If you want to go there directly, as Coach mentioned, you can also find the links on all of our Cracked Rackets social media, all of the Baylor social media as well. But it's going to be an exciting couple of months, right? Because now we've got the NCAA tournament coming up in May. You've got, obviously, the camps coming up right after that. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to be bothering you a bit over the course of these two months as well. You excited to get back to the Midwest, come to hopefully get to Champaign? You know, well, we'll be in Champaign. I just hope we're there for the whole time. I mean, we've got yeah. a lot of players and individuals. So uh, I just, yeah. yeah, hopefully we're fortunate enough to make it there. We've we've been there a few times this year already uh, in in the Midwest. And, I, you know, that's was kind of our focus is, hey, we're going to we're going to get this thing out of the way, get the experience so that we know what's coming when we go back, um, you know, hopefully in May. And so we we've got our hands full. There's so many great teams out there. I know we're going to have a really difficult draw as as always but um you know confident we have a group that that can get it done so if you're bothering us we're in a good position so yeah. hopefully, hopefully you will be i like to hear no i'm just thinking is it better training for the midwest to play an outdoor texas heat or to play indoors with the ac off 
I'm like, it's pretty, (laughs) like, I feel like those are great question. Yeah. No, it's a really, yeah, that's a good one. I'm not sure. We're going to try a little bit of everything and hope it sticks. I was going to say, you've got two weeks. So like next Tuesday, be like, all right, guys, this is stupid, but we're just going to try it (laughs) and just like, give me 30 minutes. Um, But yeah, as always, coach, a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you. And again, very excited to participate in these camps. Very excited to see what you and the guys do down the season's home stretch. So I am sure uh, we will be chatting more in the near future, but be safe, be healthy, and uh, obviously, sick them. Sick them bears. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate your time. Of course. Take care, coach. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Baylor men's tennis head coach Michael Woodson. A huge thank you to coach, as always, for taking the time to chat. He's been far too kind to us uh, throughout his tenure. And again, two years into the job, he's already, I believe, top five in terms of Cracked Rackets podcast appearances. That's a testament to all the success Coach Woodson has already had in his tenure. And again, his generosity to what we're trying to do here at Cracked Rackets. So thank you to Coach Woodson for taking the time to chat. And obviously, again, we are so excited to be involved in the two five for tennis camp happening at Baylor later this summer. Of course, there's plenty else happening in the tennis world. And as I mentioned in the intro, I'll be back on this podcast feed later today to break it all down for you. So you remain the most well-informed, best educated fans in the business. Of course, if you're looking for some of the action that happened, uh, coverage of the action, excuse me, that happened at the challenger level, collegiate level, head on over to our Great Shot podcast feed. Damian Kust, Jakob Bobro, John Parsons, myself, we've got you covered over there. Of course, if you want to hear from some coaches, some players, influencers in the tennis world, head on over to our Cracked Interviews podcast feed. And of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to those shows. Immensely grateful for all of you who are taking the time to leave those reviews. It just helps me get better at this show. And again, better tar- uh, better prepare each and every show for what you ought- what you listeners want to be hearing, what you'd like us to discuss here at Cracked Rackets. But again, uh, you can find all the content at the website, crackedrackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review to all of our podcasts. And if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at A.L. Gruskin, a shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. A shout out as well to our friends at Tennis Point. Remember, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15 with all of that said for the fantastic Baylor men's tennis head coach, Michael Woodson, super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break. And we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Uh, later today. Excuse me. Thanks, everyone. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.